In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. The text for this morning's sermon is the Gospel appointed for Populus Sion, the second Sunday of Advent. The Gospel according to St. Luke, the 21st chapter, beginning at verse 25. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. And on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up. And lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Then he spoke to them a parable, look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they are already budding, you see and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Thus far, the Gospel of our Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He will come again to judge the quick and the dead. Speaking of course of Christ, we confess these words every Sunday. I mentioned in Bible class that when I was a child, I already knew what the word meant. But I used to joke, somebody wrote in my junior high yearbook, To a guy who runs slow, get a car. (laughs) And I would joke, well, I'm not dead, not quick either. Quick means living. It comes from the old English where when a woman first felt the baby move inside her, they called that the time of quickening. That's when she felt the baby being alive. The living and the dead. The quick and the dead. In this morning's Gospel, Jesus describes the events leading up to His coming in glory. A little. But even more importantly, He tells people how to prepare for it. 
Jesus speaks of signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. Issues that still inspire some degree of wonder among us. On the one hand, modern astronomy is able to relay so much data concerning these heavenly occurrences that many of us hardly even take note of them. On the other hand, I know plenty of people who take note of them all the more as it becomes all the more exciting because we can see more and more stuff. Our Lord speaks also of earthly occurrences, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. It isn't hard to see plenty of that going on. Just read the news. Just last week I read of some luxury cruise liner that went down to Antarctica and they got hit by some extraordinarily big wave and one person died and a bunch of people were injured. But a quick examination of history teaches us, well, big waves happen. There's some sort of distress of nations, some perplexity, some roaring waves going on pretty much all the time. Now, precisely because that's true, our Lord's words applied to what we see going on around us today should certainly have us on the edge of our seats ready for His return. Events matched His words closely enough that it wouldn't have been surprising if He had returned some time ago. And frankly, events of the future will likely match His words closely enough that even then, we should be ready. We don't do end times seminars here where we try to whip you up into an emotional frenzy of sensationalism. But don't ignore our Lord's clear words either and the way that current events match them. Be ready. And if the world is constantly this way, a simple solution, constantly be ready. That is the point. There are two sins that our Lord warns us against. Sins that would get in the way of our being ready. One is the sin of despair. He says that men's hearts will fail them from fear and the expectation of those things that are coming on the earth. It's happened before. We've had skyrocketing inflation before. We've had epidemics before. We've seen horrific wars being fought before. 
and faced fear of, to employ a biblical term, actually, nuclear Armageddon before. It could happen again. And some of it is in fact happening now. But do not despair. We are citizens of a kingdom that is not of this world. If the whole world global economy collapses and your money becomes worthless and Great Depression too befalls us, Dear ones in Christ, your eternal inheritance in heaven will remain untouched. I just read about one of these cyber currency brokers, PPP, I think were the initials. Not sure. Um, where there had been some massive embezzlement and a couple billion dollars or something like this were lost. Well, if that were our money, that would concern us a great deal. But I repeat, if it were your money, your eternal inheritance in heaven would remain untouched. These kinds of things are not pleasant. But they are not forever either. You are the redeemed of the Lord. Love the gift of this life and all the many things that God blesses us with in it. But love the giver more. Set your hearts on things above and not on earthly things. The other sin that would interfere with our being ready for Jesus' return is to obsess about the cares and pleasures of this life and despairing because we see them fail or latching on to them in the hope that they will not are kind of two sides of the same coin. It's related to this temptation of despair that I just spoke of. The other one has to do with looking at this world and seeing no hope. This one involves enjoying the things of the world, carousing drunkenness, cares of the world, essentially setting your hearts on the things of this world, not all of which, obviously, but some of those things really are good gifts of God. But then making these things your gods and failing to set your hearts on things above. We are warned against this too. And as for you, my dear ones in Christ... I don't frankly think most of us are so 
worried about global economic collapse or another world war, losing sleep over climate change, that I need to be labor at length, this, yes, all this bad stuff is going on, but don't worry about it. God is still in control and Christ will yet save you part. That's true. You need to know it. But I suspect that most of us are far more dangerously tempted by this second category. Focusing on the pleasures of this life, the joys of this world, and how to make it last as long as possible and be maximally pleasurable and as minimally painful as possible, that the day of our Lord just might come on us unexpectedly as Jesus Himself specifically warns. Dear ones in Christ, of course there are matters of this world to which you must attend. This has to do with your various vocations. Your, it comes from the Latin vocata. It means to call. Your various callings. God has entrusted you, each of you, with any number of callings. We are all parents or children. We are all either rulers or ruled ones. We are all members of the Holy Church. Most of you members of this congregation. We have vocations as workers or students as husbands or wives or single people. All sorts of stuff that God has given us to do and as a matter of devotion to God Himself, we need to be tending to all of that. However, when we get so focused on the tasks that we forget that it is in fact the Lord that we're serving in the doing of all of this, when we get so concerned about temporal outcomes that we start to not think about the eternal outcomes, when we get so concerned about storing up for ourselves treasures on earth where rust does corrupt and moth does destroy and inflation does eat and thieves break in and steal. That we no longer concern ourselves with the imperishable gifts of heaven will catch yourself and then and there repent and get your focus back where it should be. Let God's word of repentance 
and the forgiveness of sins for Christ's sake reorient you and reprioritize your life. We go wrong when we think of this life either as having no meaning or as having all meaning. If we think of it as having no meaning, we can sink into despair concerning the pointlessness of it all. There's a Hungarian novelist, the language is called Makyar, and he wrote in that language, it'll please you to know that I'm not going to attempt the title of the book because that's one language I can't touch. But translated into English, he wrote a famous novel called The Unbearable Lightness of Being. That once you come to the conclusion that nothing matters, it can seem quite freeing. Do whatever you want. Nothing matters. But on the other hand, well, that becomes unbearable. Because nothing matters. On the other hand, when we invest this life with all meaning, I call it bucket list mentality. That mentality can manifest itself in all kinds of destructive ways too. From squandering everything on trying to make our lives last just a few days longer, that's on an individual level, to trying to build this worldly utopias. Since there is no heaven, they try to build heaven on earth. Or so they think. And that utopian vision can entail the absolute equality of all people. We saw that in the last century with communism. Or the genetic purification of a supposedly superior people where we weed out all of the weaklings. We saw that with Nazism. It doesn't really matter how you go about producing a utopia in this world. Bad things happen. When people think this world is all there is and they start acting consistently with that belief. Starts with a denial of original sin. Starts with the belief that we can make man better. And it ends with millions dead before the experiment finally collapses and people realize that, no, we couldn't do it. Dear ones in Christ, think neither of this world as everything, nor think of it as nothing. 
The antidote to all these temptations, of course, is found in verse 33. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. And then in verse 36, watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Heaven and earth will pass away. This world as we know it will come to an end. It will pass away. Jesus' words will never pass away. So anchor your souls to the words of Jesus and you will have an imperishable foundation on which to stand. And Jesus has some really choice words that you can anchor your souls to. Words like, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Or words like these, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by Me. Or how about these? I am the resurrection and the life. Whosoever believeth in Me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in Me shall never die. Or these words. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Cling to those words. Believe those words. God has given His Son into death for you. His body was crucified and His blood was shed on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins. And that same body and blood are placed into your mouths at this altar, delivering that forgiveness of sins to you in the most personal way possible. As Christ's body is in you, and as you have been baptized into the body of Christ, so we have the promise that our bodies will be raised at the last day and that we shall enjoy everlasting life. And Christ's words on these things stand even when heaven and earth pass away. To that end, 
We are invited, entrusted, commanded to watch and pray. Both of these things have to do with holding fast to the Word of Christ. I learned a long time ago when I first came to Texas to fear the words. Hey, everybody, watch this. We all know to stand back. But then, we usually watch because we believe the words that something worth watching is about to happen even more worth watching than the person who spoke the words may imagine. How much more so? As we believe the words of Christ that our sins are forgiven on account of His death and resurrection. As we believe further His words that He will come again in glory to take us to heaven. How much more should we be watchful on account of the words of Christ. For He said exactly what He meant. And His words will never pass away. Believe His Word. If He says there's something worth watching for, believe Him. Watch for it. So too with the admonition to pray. If we understand prayer correctly, we understand, as I've told you, our prayers are best and most certain when we are saying back to God what He has given our mouths to say in His Holy Word. I think sometimes our experience with people clouds our understanding of God. If I say, forgive me to someone, sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Do not lay that on God. Jesus taught us to pray, forgive us our trespasses, because that's what Jesus died to do. Faith asks for that forgiveness because faith knows that God will not fail to deliver. We have the Word we have the sacraments. By means of these, God answers those forgive us our trespasses prayers. So too, with the prayer at the end of the book of Revelation comes out in Aramaic 
Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus. We ask for Him to do this because He promised that He will. So faith clings to that promise, speaks it back to the Lord in prayer, and trusts Him to deliver on that promise in His own good time. Dear ones in Christ, neither despair of this world nor place an eternity worth of meaning in our three score and ten or four score if we have the strength years in this world. This life has some meaning. God has entrusted you with the doing of some things in this life, so be about the doing of them and do them believingly. Your sins are forgiven you. Eternal life is yours. Jesus will return in due course and raise us from the dead and give eternal life to us and to all believers in Christ. Maranatha. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.